Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject of today's show is unlocking the mind. In the interest of time, we will just jump to two important disclaimers. Here are the the two disclaimers. In this episode, by reviewing information in the public domain, we are trying to arrive at some understanding of current knowledge of how the mind can be affected. Activity outside that of normal everyday living, which can affect the mind, should only be done under the supervision of a licensed or certified professional. We will be talking about substances that will affect brain function. Whether substances are controlled or not, the introduction of any drug into the body needs to be done by prescription signed by a qualified licensed medical doctor. For substances over-the-counter and not in prescription, their use also needs to be done under the supervision of a qualified licensed medical doctor. Any use of any controlled substance is subject to applicable laws and statutes, which need to be complied with at all times. Today's subject is your suggestion. Unlocking the mind is right out of my comfort zone. Some time ago, I told you that you should watch the movie Lucy, released in 2014, starring Scarlett Johansson. You haven't seen it yet, have you? Not yet, but I do know that it's about a young woman who accidentally achieves achieves increased mental powers. There's an implicit assumption that the human mind had, has not reached anywhere near its full potential. Where do you think that assumption comes from? I think it comes from what is known as the 10% of the brain myth. Here's a quote from Wikipedia, quote, the 10% of the brain myth is widely perpetuated, is a widely perpetuated urban legend that most of all humans only use 10% or some other small percentage of their brains. It has been misattributed to many people, including Albert Einstein. By extrapolation, it is suggested that a person may harness this unused potential and increase intelligence, unquote. Aren't there stories of people with diminished brains who are able to live reasonably normal? Here's part of an article from the Irish Times from 2006. Quote, more than 20 years ago, the campus doctor at Sheffield University was treating a student of mathematics for a minor ailment. The student was bright, having an IQ of 126. The doctor noticed that the student's head seemed a little larger than normal, and he referred him to Dr. Lorber for further examination. Dr. Lorber examined the boy's head by CAT scan to discover that the student had virtually no brain. The normal brain consists of two hemispheres that fill the cranial cavity 
some 4.5 centimeters deep. This student had a layer of cerebral tissue less than one millimeter deep covering the top of his spinal column, unquote. The student had hydrocephalus. Dr. John Lorber was professor of pediatrics at Sheffield University in Northern England. Were there other cases or was this just a miracle in isolation? Dr. Lorber studied over 600 cases of hydrocephalus and published in the journal Science in 1980. For one group of individuals with only 5% of a normal brain present, constituting less than 10% of the study, half were, half were profoundly mentally disabled, while the other half had IQs of over 100. Here's a further quote from the Irish Times. Quote, Dr. Lorber concluded, there must be a tremendous amount of spare capacity in the brain, <clears throat> just as there is with liver and kidney. He also said that the cerebral cortex of the brain is probably responsible for a great deal less than most people imagine, unquote. The cerebral cortex is a wrinkled outer part of the brain that makes the brain look like a brain. Have there been investigations to how much of the brain is actually used by a person with a normal brain? The television show Mythbusters investigated the 10% of the brain myth in 2010. This was their conclusion, quote, while hooked up to a magnetocephalogram, MEG, a neuroimaging device that measures magnetic fields produced by the brain's electric currents. Tori exercised four different neurological regions with memory drills, math calculations, word associations, and image comparisons. Over the course of the MEG exam, around 35% of Tori's brain jumped into action, bursting the brain myth, unquote. The Tori referred to as Tori Bellucci, one of the show's presenters. That's interesting, but do most experts, including neuroscientists, believe that all of the brain is used? An article from Medical News Today from earlier this year implies that all the brain could be used at different times. Quote, one common brain imaging technique called functional magnetic resonance imaging, or fMRI, can measure activity in the brain while a person is performing different tasks. Using this and similar methods, researchers show that most of our brain is in use most of the time even when a person is performing a very simple action, unquote. How does functional magnetic resonance imaging, fMRI, work? What is actually imaged in the brain? fMRI shows blood flow in the brain. The parts of the brain being stimulated are indicated by blood flow. We haven't talked about consciousness or awareness of self in the world around us. An article from Scientific American from 2008 explains that neither the human brain nor consciousness is understood. Quote, what's not understood is how clusters of neurons from the diverse regions of the brain collaborate to form consciousness. So far, there's no evidence that there is one site for consciousness, which leads experts to believe that it is a truly collective neural effort, unquote. Have the effects of meditation been studied using brain scans? There are a lot of articles on the subject, but here's part of an article from The New Scientist from 2017. Quote, two new studies published in Science Advances suggest that certain kinds of meditation can change social and emotional circuitry too. The research comes out of the research project at the Max Planck Institute for Human Cognitive and Brain Science, Sciences in Leipzig, Germany and looked at the effects of three different meditation techniques on the brains and bodies of more than 300 volunteers over nine months. 
One technique was based on mindfulness meditation and taught people to direct attention to the breath or body. A second type concentrated on compassion and emotional connection via loving kindness and meditations and non-judgmental problem-sharing sessions with a partner. A final method encouraged people to think about issues from different points of view, also via a mix of partner sessions and solo meditation. In one study, our MRI scans taken after each three-month course showed that parts of the cortex involved in the specific skill that was trained grew thicker in comparison with scans from a control group. Mindfulness meditation increased thickness in the prefrontal cortex and parietal lobes, both linked to attention control, while compassion-based meditation showed increases in the limbic system, which processes emotions, and the anterior insula, which helps bring emotions into conscious awareness. Perspective-taking training boosted regions involved in, th in theory of mind, unquote. Mindfulness meditation involves thinking only in the moment. That's interesting. I thought of meditation in terms of raising consciousness, not in terms of training or increasing the size of the different parts of the brain. Here's a quote from the HuffPost blog, HuffPost blog from 2011 regarding meditation used to reach a higher state of consciousness. Quote, the higher state of consciousness is somewhere in between the waking, sleeping, and dreaming states. Here we know we are, but we don't know where we are. This knowledge that I am, but I don't know where I am or what I am is called Shiva. This state gives the deepest possible rest that one can experience, and one can achieve this through meditation. Meditation helps in two ways. It prevents stress from entering the system and simultaneously releases accumulated stress. With the simulation of meditation into daily life for the higher state of consciousness called cosmic, cosmic consciousness dawns within us. Cosmic consciousness perceives the whole universe as part of oneself. When we perceive the world as a, as a part of us, love flows strongly between the world and us. The love empowers us to overcome the opposing forces and the disturbances in life. Anger and disappointments become fleeting emotions that occur momentarily and then vanish, unquote. But are there any other ways of increasing consciousness? In 2017, there were multiple articles in the British press regarding a new scientific study that has found evidence that taking psychedelic drugs might have induced different levels of consciousness. Here's a quote from the London Daily Telegraph dated April the 20th, 2017. Quote, researchers use brain imaging technology to study the effects experienced by volunteers who've been given either LSD, ketamine, or psilocybin, the psychedelic compound found in ma magic mushrooms. On measuring the magnetic fields produced in the, brain, in the brain, scientists found that across all three drugs, the neural signal diversity was reliable, reliably higher. This finding shows that the brain on psychedelics behaves very differently from normal, says, said Professor Anil Seth, co-director of the Sackler Center for Consciousness Science at the University of Sussex, who led the research. During the psychedelic state, the electrical activity of the brain is less predictable and less integrated than during normal conscious wakefulness, as measured by global signal diversity. Since this measure has already shown its value as a measure of conscious level, we can say that the psychedelic state appears as a higher level of consciousness than normal, but only with respect to this specific mathematical measure. 
Ketamine is a medication mainly used for starting and maintaining anesthesia and is used extensively in veterinary medicine. We'll have to continue talking about this point and more about under, unlocking the mind and understanding the mind after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. 
Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing increasing consciousness and in different ways. And one way we were discussing is by psychedelic drugs. And on the subject of psilocybin, the psychedelic compound found in magic mushrooms. But what other herbs or plants are supposed to also help raise consciousness? Ayahuasca, plant-based preparation from the Amazon used by shamans, is the consciousness raiser I've heard about the most. Here's a description from a news article on the BBC website from 2014. Quote, Ayahuasca, also known as Yage, is a blend of two plants, the ayahuasca vine and a shrub called Chacruna, which contains a hallucinogenic drug dimethyltryptamine, or DMT, and therefore ayahuasca is illegal in the UK, the US, and many other countries, unquote. What does the DMT and ayahuasca do to the mind? Here's part of an article from the website Motherboard from uh, 2016. fMRI brain scans have shown that ayahuasca can decrease the activity in the brain's default mode network or interactive regions of the brain, which when overactive is associated with depression, social phobia, and anxiety. It also can help users enter a meditative state. DMT is also associated with proteins responsible for neuroplasticity, memory, and even neuron regeneration. When these proteins combine to specific receptors in mitochondria and endoplasmic reticula, they can also potentially kill certain kinds of cancerous cells, unquote. Neuroplasticity is the ability of the brain to change in terms of transferring a brain function to a different location. Mitochondria are the parts in cells that produce chemical energy from food. Endoplasmic reticula are the network of membranes found throughout cells connected to the nucleus. What is the main difference in experience between DMT, the main ingredient in ayahuasca, and other hallucinogens? The main difference I can find is that with DMT, the person having the experience knows that they are hallucinating. Whereas with other substances, it's just part, it's just a matter of hallucinating. That might suggest that there is greater consciousness with DMT. In the United States, DMT is classified as a Schedule One drug, having no medical use with a high potential for abuse. So why would you use DMT or ayahuasca? Former British television presenter David Icke describes in great detail his ayahuasca ex- experience in his book, Tales from the Time Loop, published in 2003. He describes the purpose for taking the drug. Quote, South American shamans for hundreds of years at least take people into other states of consciousness beyond the five-sense realm. Ayahuasca is known as the teacher plant because it allows people to experience these unseen realms where so much can be learned about self, life, and reality. It is also dubbed the plant of the gods, no doubt because it can allow you to see those dimensions where the gods of the myth reside, unquote. What happened when David Icke took the drug? He took the drug twice on different nights. The first night after an hour, Zoe, the person assisting David, announced that it was okay to lose his cookies. The drug would have then had long enough to metabolize. By that time, there had been nausea and agitation. Quote, out of my mouth, in a very different voice to David Icke, came the words, slowly and powerfully, I am love. I then began to repeat, I am everything and everything is me. I am infinite possibility. 
With that, I felt a fantastic energy pulse from my heart chakra and filled the room. The strip light on the ceiling began to flicker on and off. After a few minutes, three of the lights came on full power. I looked across and thought, why has Zoe turned the lights on? But he hadn't. Lights were all switched off and they had come on by themselves without electricity. Then the equipment playing music switched off and came back on again after 10 seconds or so. Weird stuff on the face of it, but I could understand why an energy of the power I was experiencing could affect the electrical circuitry. I clearly felt an energy coming out of my heart chakra and arching there to my head. The words I was speaking came through this source. I even called Zoe over to ask if this is what usually happened. He said everyone was different, unquote. What happened the second night? This is just part of David's second experience when he heard a female voice. Quote, this is the infinite, David, the voice said. This is where you come from and this is where you shall return. The following words then began to repeat over and over in my mind. Infinite love is the only truth. Everything else is illusion. Infinite love is the only truth. Everything else is illusion. Infinite love is the only truth. Everything else is illusion, unquote. What came out of the two sessions? David Ibe became a noted researcher, author, and public speaker. A recurring theme in his work is that reality is not a world limited to, to the five senses, which are sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch. What is reality according to David Icke? You would have to read his books for a complete explanation, but Wikipedia provides a brief summary. Quote, Icke believes that the universe is made up of vibrational energy and consists of an infinite number of dimensions that share the same space, just like television and radio frequencies, and that some people can tune their consciousness to other wavelengths. The article goes on. Icke believes that the that time is an illusion, there is no past or future, and only the infinite now is real, and that humans are an aspect of consciousness or infinite awareness, which he describes as all that there is, has been, and ever can be, unquote. How do we know an experience with using ayahuasca will have no basis in any reality and will be a complete, complete illusion? We don't, but so far we've concentrated on the brain. We should also look at the heart. You don't think with your heart, you think with your brain, which allows you to have the five senses. Apparently, the heart is more than just a pump. Here's a part of an article from the Conscious, Conscious Lifestyle website. Quote, in 1991, a scientific discovery published in the journal Neurocardiology put to rest any lingering doubts that the human heart is more than a pump. The name of the journal gives us a clue to the discovery of a powerful relationship between the heart and the brain that went unrecognized in the past. A team of scientists led by J. Andrew Armour, MD, PhD of the University of Montreal, which was studying this intimate relationship between the two, found that about 40,000 specialized neurons or sensory neurites form a communication network within the heart. The article continues. In simple terms, Armour and his team discovered what has come to be known as the little brain in the heart and the specialized neurites that make the existence of this little brain possible. As the scientists who made the discovery say in the report, the heart brain is an intricate network of nerves, neurotransmitters, proteins, and support cells similar to those found in the brain proper, unquote. There was mention of a heart chakra earlier when we were quoting the effects of ayahuasca. What are the chakras? There are seven chakras as follows. 
the root chakra connects all of your energy with the earth. The sacral chakra, your creative life force energy that helps you enjoy your life here on earth. The solar plexus chakra, where your self-confidence, identity, and personal power are born. The heart chakra, where your love, compassion, and kindness are empowered. The throat chakra gives voice to your personal truths. The third eye chakra opens up your mind to, to information beyond the material world and the five senses. The crown chakra, pure consciousness energy. With the third eye chakra, how do you open your mind beyond the five senses? You balance or energize the chakra through meditation, focusing on signals outside of the body. An underactive third eye chakra will result in psychic experiences being ignored with a disconnection from spiritual experiences. We touched on this earlier, but is there more information on how the brain responds during meditation? The website Mind Body Green lists eight benefits. One, your brain will make more GABA. Research has shown that GABA production, a neurotransmitter in the brain, gets a boost when you meditate. This is beneficial because lower levels of GABA are associated with higher levels of anxiety. In fact, drugs like Valium and Clonopin actually work by increasing GABA levels in the brain. Two, your amygdala will shrink. The amygdala is part of the brain associated with fear and emotion and plays a key role in the body's stress response. In a study over, of over 150 adults, an eight-week mindfulness course led to a decrease in the par participants' amygdala. Three, the networks in the brain will change. Studies have shown that people with meditation experience have increased connectivity between certain regions of the brain, such as those associated with attention and disengaging from distraction. These also have to be some of the fundamental principles of, of, of a meditation practice. Four, your senses will get a workout. Long-term meditators often demonstrate an increase in gray matter in the parts of the brain responsible for feeling and hearing. This makes sense because mindfulness is all about closing your eyes, filtering outside stimulation and focusing inward, all of which can enhance your other senses. Your mind, five, your mind will look more youthful. The cortex is part of the brain. The cortex is the part of the brain that shrinks as we age. But in one study, 50-year-old meditators appear to have the same amount of gray matter in this region as a 25-year-old. To us, this seems like a reason enough to start establishing a daily practice. Your dopamine will, will shoot through the roof. That's number six. And I think we'll have to uh, continue with that after the break, Justina. Yes, after the break, we'll discuss how meditation is related to unlocking the mind and then go into the questions in the Psychic Insight about unlocking the mind. But you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. 
Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Futureofgodamen.com That's www.futureofgodamen.com too good to be true. And before the break, we were discussing meditation and eight benefits of meditation from the website Mind Body Green. And Dad, I believe you are on number six that your dopamine will shoot through the roof. That's right. Famously known as a reward chemical, dopamine is associated with all things pleasurable, sex, food, and meditation. According to one study, Yoga Nidra, a deeply relaxing meditation-focused yoga practice, created a 65% increase in endogenous dopamine release. Seven, you will create more folds in your brain. A study by the National Institutes of Health showed that meditators had more folds in the outer layer of the brain. This folding is known to boost how well the brain processes information. And finally, number eight, uh, nephroephrine levels will drop. Nephroephrine or any is another neurotransmitter involved in anxiety. Studies have shown that if you compare meditators with non-meditators, people with a regular practice had lower levels of any in their blood. Practicing meditation seems to have multiple benefits with no downside, but I think it's time for the first question. Right. What was behind the movie Lucy? Was it just a belief that we are currently uh, we currently only use parts of our brains? with the potential for using much more, was there more to it? Yes, it was that people only use part of their brains, but there was also the concept that there is a kind of unlocking of the rest of the brain that can occur. How could a student at Sheffield University function with an IQ of 126 with virtually no brain? Because their brain functions in a different way. So it basically made up for the lost portions by rebuilding in a way. In Dr. Lorber's study of over 600 cases of hydrocephalus, why were the individuals with only 5% of normal brain in two categories, with half profoundly mentally disabled, while the other half had IQs of over 100? Basically, you can think of the neural pathways in the brain as a computer system. So the ones that could not function Basically, the different, you could think of them as electrical pathways. Electrical pathways were not connected. However, with other ones that could function, the IQ relation to it was that the different electrical pathways could reconnect in a different way. So you can picture kind of a computer and the different electrical parts and this new soldering of electrical parts where now the computer functions in a different way but still functions. For those with hydrocephalus and profoundly mentally disabled, were their brains not functioning like a computer? It still functions like a computer, but it functions in a way where there are different electrical pathways that weren't soldered together in the proper way. So the new pathways forming just did not connect up 100%, which causes issues in their brain. However, even when someone has different mental disabilities, it doesn't mean that their brain isn't functioning. It just means it is not functioning in the traditional way. So what they're seeing and what they're experiencing might just not be the, quote, normal way. 
Was Dr. Lorber correct in his conclusion that there must be a tremendous amount of spare capacity in the brain, just as there is with the liver and the kidney? Correct. So that is what is meant by different electrical pathways. You can think of it visually as soldered back together because these pathways were not being used before, so they are kind of spares. Is the cerebral cortex of the brain responsible for a great deal less than most people imagine? That could be said. So each part of the brain functions together. So again, using the computer analogy, all the different parts of the computer have to be there for each part to function individually. So yes, it's used for a lot, but you need the other parts too. Was the, tele was the television show Mythbusters correct in that typically 35% of the brain is used when being worked with various tasks? It depends from person to person. So there's going to be some fluctuation in the numbers, but approximately. But some people use a little bit more, some people use a little bit less. Is all of the brain used at different times? You mean the whole brain is used at different times in a person's life? Let's say within a week of a person's life. No, there are parts of the brain that are not really functioning, you could say. What about during an entire lifetime? No, there are parts of the brain that you would have to basically awaken or turn on so that those parts would actually be used. So over different generations, different parts of the brain were developed and used, while other parts of the brain basically got more shut down. Does fMRI correctly represent use of the brain in different locations by indicating blood flow? So it's the current understanding that yes, but there are still more technological advances that could happen since it's not showing specifically what's happening. It's showing a larger picture. Is consciousness a collective neural effort without a particular site in the brain? That could be a partial definition for it, yes, but consciousness actually includes a lot more than just the brain and relates back to the soul in the existing part. So it wouldn't be said that it's the brain functioning alone. How does mankind break out of the cycle of using the brain, which is not understood, to understand the brain? Basically, it would take technology to be able to overcome the human bias and the limitations of humanity. So that's the problem is that there's this fine line that technology would have to go pretty far, but you don't want the technology going too far. If technology went too far, would there be too much control of the people? Yes, and also all the different sci-fi movies about robots taking over and artificial intelligence taking over. So there's this fine line between building something that's very smart, such as technology to scan the brain, but something that's not too smart that would actually overcome humans and have a larger capacity than humans. How can meditation increase the size of different parts of the brain? Basically, it goes back to using kind of, you can think of it as your imagination again. So your imagination starts in childhood and is part of your brain that is kind of turned off. And imagination doesn't mean that what you are seeing in meditation is not real, but more that it expands the boundaries. So there are not these walls up that are put throughout life. Since when you start as a child to grow older, basically, you use parts of your brain that are taught over and over and over again. So, for example, if you were taught math in school, you're going to use that part of the brain over and over and over again. 
It's a similar concept to meditation, where you're opening up these different parts of your brain and using it over and over again. So you train your brain to be able to use that part again. Could a person meditate to get back their childhood imagination? Yes, you could. Is a higher state of consciousness somewhere in between waking, sleeping, and dreaming states where we don't know where we are? That's a very vague question as an answer for what it would be. But yes, that would be a very short summary for it. Does meditation help reach a higher state of consciousness by removing stress and by perceiving the whole universe as part of oneself? That could be said. With the use of psychedelic drugs, is a change in electrical activity within the brain an indicator of a higher state of consciousness? So that's where the individual properties of each person would come into play. So there really wouldn't be a full consensus that these different drugs would help with a higher consciousness, since it would really depend on the person and the drugs. However, it can be said that, yes, some people experience different experiences that could be called a higher consciousness, while other people do not get to this point and instead go into more of a paranoid, closed-off mental state. So that's the problem with drugs, is that you never know how someone's body will react and what their experience would be like. With the use of psychedelic drugs, what is meant by a higher state of consciousness, but only with respect to a specific mathematical measure? Basically, that again goes back to each individual person. So each person is going to be able to unlock these different parts of their brain in a unique measure that is unique to themselves. But again, it would also depend on the many different factors, and also it depends on which drug is actually used. Is it true that in general, meditation calms the brain while hallucinogenic drugs stimulate the brain? That's the scientific understanding, yes. Is that the correct understanding? In general, yes. Why aren't drugs or natural substances, sorry, I'll start that again. Why aren't drugs or natural substances research that reproduce the effects of meditation? Because they're not necessary for meditation and that would cause a dependence on these drugs, while meditation is something that can just naturally be done without the use of any extra different drugs or natural remedies or anything like that. So it's something that is already inherently programmed into humans. Why is ayahuasca used by shamans in South America? Just because of their culture and traditional thinking, and it's something that does work for them. But again, it needs to be stated that it's not something that anyone should use. So they have, you could call it their own protocol in how to use it, and it's their tradition. Can ayahuasca calm the parts of the brain associated with depression, social phobia, and anxiety? That could be said. Can ayahuasca help users enter a meditative state? Yes, but again, it's not necessary for a meditative state. Can ayahuasca have health benefits? Yes and no. Again, there are risks and benefits. Does ayahuasca or DMT, unlike other hallucinogens, have the effect that the user knows they are hallucinating while they are hallucinating? It depends on the person. So for the majority, yes, they will know. But some people will not know they are hallucinating. And that would lead to negative emotions, paranoia, even behaviors that are very risky. So again, it would be advised to be very careful with anything like that. I think we need to go into the break, Justina. 
Yes, after this short break, we'll continue with the questions and the psychic insight about unlocking the mind. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices, a series of doomsday predictions, or an astrological event. The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chock full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com.
Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we we're going through the questions and the psychic insight about unlocking the mind. And we were just discussing ayahuasca. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. Does ayahuasca allow experience of unseen realms where so much can be learned about self, life, and reality? That could be said. Does ayahuasca allow sight of those dimensions where the gods of myth reside? Not exactly, no. Is infinite love the only truth with everything else an illusion? So that would be another whole topic. But love is something that is a very strong force and basically keeps everything in the universe together. Is the universe made of vibrational energy consisting of an infinite number of dimensions that share the same space? It's more complicated than that, but that is a summary that could be said. Is time an illusion with no past or future, with only the infinite now being real? Yes, that's true, since time is a human concept. Is there a heart-brain including an intricate network of nerves, neurotransmitters, proteins, and support cells similar to those found in the brain? Yes and no. So yes, but it's more complicated, and there would have to be more study to realize how it is more complicated. What is the purpose of the heart brain? Is the heart, is the heart much more than a pump? Yes, it is much more than just a pump. Can you say more about the heart being much more than a pump? It basically is where it's connected directly to the soul, so connected directly to the light in a human and to what their pure essence is. So it functions also kind of a safety net, and it also affected by different emotions. So if it was just a pump, it would not be affected by different emotions, just as the brain is affected by different emotions. Why was the discovery of the brain heart, sorry, the heart brain, not met with more publicity, especially with the symbolism of the heart being used for love or attraction? Because there is not enough research and not enough study on it yet. So right now the consensus is that the heart's very important, but it goes back to the different individual beliefs and what people think the heart and soul really are. So it's tricky when this goes into religion and spirituality. What happens when there's a heart transplant? Does that change the connection with the soul? So basically when there's a heart transplant, then there's a little bit of, you can think of it as a soul living there, it leaves. And there are kind of remaining fragments. So there are small little particles remaining from the soul. You can think of it visually. So when that heart is put back into a new person, the new person's soul, yes, can go to that heart. But there are also those little remaining particles from the previous person. So that's why even other transplants with different organs sometimes lead to small little differences in the person. But the thing with a soul, since it's energy, it can be transferred very easily. But with a brain, it's even more complicated because that has consciousness. And that also would be very hard to transfer from one person to another. So transferring a brain from one person to another would not be a very smart idea. Are there seven chakras in the body from the root chakra to the crown chakra? That can be said, yes. Can you help unlock the mind by balancing the energy of the chakras? Balancing energy helps the body overall, and yes, that could be one of the ways for where you try to open up your brain more. During meditation, can your brain make more G-A-B-A? -A? That could be said. With meditation over time, can the amygdala shrink? In some people, yes. With meditation over time, 
Can there be increased connectivity between certain regions of the brain, such as those associated with attention and disengaging from distraction? Yes. Can long-term meditation increase gray matter in the parts of the brain responsible for feeling and hearing? Yes. Can long-term meditation make the brain appear more youthful with restoration of gray matter? Not really youthful, but it can appear similar, but it's not reversing aging, no. So yes, it's benefiting the body, but it's not going back in time in that concept. Can meditation have the effect of increasing endogenous or internal dopamine release? Yes. Can long-term meditation create more folds in the brain? Yes, but other factors can too. Can regular meditation reduce anxiety by decreasing norepinephrine in the blood? For some people, yes. But for some others, if they already have this anxiety, it would be hard to get into the meditative state. Can the use of ayahuasca or other hallucinogens help unlock the mind by balancing the energy of the chakras? This can be done without these, so it's not necessary for these drugs. What can be achieved by use of ayahuasca or other hallucinogens that can't be achieved by meditation? Basically, the hallucinations would be different, but they also could be very dangerous. So in meditation, there's more of a control. There's this consciousness that you know you're meditating. But with these drugs, consciousness can just go out of a person, and a person may not actually know that they're in a hallucination. So basically, it would be more of a full-body experience compared to meditation. However, the person may also engage in more risky behaviors, say or do things they don't normally do, and also find it very hard to come down from the hallucination. Is there the possibility of unlocking the mind by using more of the brain? Yes. So this would have to be done over generations, though. Since to fully unlock the brain, it would take a lot more study. And it would also take a lot more of education in a different way. So focusing on the different parts of the brain, and you could even call it brain training, where you train your brain to actually use other parts instead of the parts you use on a daily basis. What is the best means for most people, especially with limited resources, to unlock their minds? Meditation. It's free. You don't have to spend any money on anything. You can do it whenever you want. You can do it in a very short time frame from even doing it to fi- from five minutes up to hours. And it's something that is already out there with guided meditations. But you can also just sit there, be with oneself, and take some time for yourself and let your brain wander to where it wants to wander. What is the potential benefit from unlocking the mind? Is it the ability to use more than the five senses to experience more on the earth plane and to have experience beyond the earth plane? So that's a very complex question. But in summary, for some people, it would be having these otherworldly experiences. But for other people, it would not. So it really is based on if the person is capable, if it's in their life chart, if it's something that they are basically meant to do. But unlocking the brain can also help you could call it them in more normal ways where a person may have more patience. They may be able to focus longer. They may be able to come up with different concepts quicker. And you could say overall their concept of the world may change and shift where they are more positive. They have less stress. So even these small benefits compared to having otherworldly experiences would be beneficial. But it also is that over time, which parts of the human that the human actually uses their brain which parts actually used will shift and change. 
And that's what happened over time is that humans through different civilizations, through different needs, have changed with parts of the brain they use. So it has the benefit of affecting people in the future too, if other parts can be unlocked. Can unlocking the mind be beneficial to mankind and the planet Earth? Yes, and it can also help connecting with planet Earth, being more aware of what the Earth really is, what the plants and animals are, feeling the different energies of those, and also with mankind. It can basically see things in a different perspective and increase the positive experiences and get rid of the negative experiences where you have more positive emotions compared to the negative emotions and also use your brain in different ways so that society can move on in a more wide range. So that goes back to imagination where if someone can think in a different way, that means that different possibilities unlock and then new ways that humans can build and mold and shape things can exist. What can we learn from scientific research into the effects of hallucinogens and into the effects of meditation? Basically, that there needs to be continuous research, but again, everything needs to be done in a safe environment. And also that even for the small reasons that researchers need to keep studying meditation, even for the stress relief benefits. And again, going back to the other questions, is that there is a lot the scientists don't know yet that is waiting to be unlocked. That was the last answer. Are the benefits of meditation, including helping unlock the mind, too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, that was interesting, as I always say. Um, one angle I didn't expect was if we understood the brain better, we put ourselves at risk because there could be more artificial intelligence and uh, we would perhaps um, have very unfortunate lives. So that was one one aspect of all of this that uh, I didn't see coming. And uh, maybe it's a good thing we don't understand our brains too well. I think that could actually be a future episode, Dad, is artificial intelligence since that's been in the news a lot and there's been a lot of study in robots and upcoming technology and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think we t uh, touched, it, touched on it in the past. I can't remember which episode, but we talked about uh, how the computer in 2001, the Space Odyssey, and Mr. Spock in Star Trek being a representation of AI. So... Uh, Maybe we could build it from there, but um, yeah, um, I guess we're always open to new suggestions for shows. Yes, that leads into my next statement that we are always looking for new suggestions from listeners and you can contact us at our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first T spelled T-W-O or our website at toogoodtobetrue.net and we're always looking for new suggestions so if you want us to go into a little bit more about the actual minds behind artificial intelligence and kind of we've touched on it before but maybe more about the actual minds and what goes into that then feel free to contact us or with any other suggestions or comments and as always thank you so much for listening to the show and we look forward to next week's show
Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. Family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas. To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. 